I'm standing on North Benton, just south of Chestnut Expressway, between Jordan Valley Community Health Center and the Springfield Municipal Court building on what was the site of Alberta's hotel. It's just a parking lot now, but the history of this place extends way beyond the pavement. Alberta Northcutt Ellis opened her hotel in the early 1950s to provide African Americans traveling along Route 66 a safe place to stay. It quickly became a hotspot for families and entertainers. Her grandson, Irv Logan, who lived and worked at the hotel for a time, remembers interacting with the guests. That was the part that I enjoyed the most, uh, you know, because you never knew who was going to come. And, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to meet people then as a youth that, uh, you know, I had no idea who they were coming from out of town or how important they were or, you know, any of that. I just knew that they were interesting. During its heyday, the hotel was listed in the Green Book, a travel guide for African Americans who were prevented from staying in certain hotels due to discriminatory laws based on race. The Green Book was published from 1936 to 1967. But it's come back to the spotlight because an Oscar-winning movie and a documentary have shared some of the true stories behind it. In those days, black travelers could easily be in danger due to violence fueled by racism. Um, I know Irv talks about it a little bit. You just didn't stop. Uh, there's a part where he talks about his grandpa making food before they'd go out because you, you didn't stop on the trip. And if you had to stop, you hoped you ran into the right person. That's Tracy Gieselman-Holtos of Missouri State University's Special Collections and Archives. Irv Logan and his sisters, Elizabeth and Jeannie, recently donated their collection of family photos and other artifacts from the hotel to the university. She shows me a hotel room registry. It includes the names of the Harlem Globetrotters. Logan always found it exciting when famous guests would stay at Alberta's. Uh, I can remember Frankie Lyman and the teenagers coming there, and that was one of the first times that I had experienced anyone uh, close to my age who was you know, in the entertainment industries, and they were from the East Coast, and so they were totally different than you know the people I had been exposed to. Logan's grandmother, Alberta, also set aside space in her hotel for other people to work and earn a living. Not only did she uh, provide a service to the community, but she also offered opportunities to other members of the community, minority community, uh, the chance to go into business. So there was a beauty shop, there was a barber shop, and there was the rumpus room. And Alberta's hotel served as a gathering place. Former Springfield City Councilman Denny Wayne grew up in the area and spent a lot of time there. You know, we just hung out, uh, uh, sometimes sitting on the porch talking, you know. It's just mm -hmm. a nice um, uh, reserved place for us. Wayne has a unique tie to the hotel. He was born there. But see, originally that was a, a city hospital. That's where I was born, 1945, January the 8th. In the 50s and 60s, that area was a hub for Springfield's African-American community. Just around the corner was the famous Graham's Rib Station, owned and operated by James and Zelma Graham. It was a popular dining spot along Route 66. There were seven stone cabins behind the restaurant, the only other place in town where African-American travelers could get a room. Again, Irv Logan. The two of them used to, you know, refer back and forth uh, between them, uh, if Mr. Grimm was full and people came, he would refer them to Alberta and vice versa. Alberta would refer them to Mr. Grimm if uh, her place was full. So they had a good working relationship. 
Absolutely, because, you know, it was really all about uh, the travelers, the people who were coming through. Uh, you know, there weren't many other places where folks could go, uh, you know, and be safe or, or that they knew about. And so they just, they just helped each other as best they could. There was enough business to go around, in other words. To say that Alberta Ellis lived a full life would be an understatement. Throughout her adult life, she worked full-time at the Southwestern Bell Telephone Company. In addition to this job and the hotel, she owned the Crystal Palace Nightclub and a place affectionately known as The Farm. The farm was located 10 miles west of Springfield on Route 66. It was across the street from a roadside park where many African-American travelers would stop for a meal. Irv Logan says his grandmother would sometimes stay out at the farm and see people stopping to grab a bite. She would uh, have me or, or someone else who was there at the farm go over and give them a business card and uh, invite them to come over and have breakfast or, you know, dinner or whatever and uh, just kind of know about the place. And that grew into, you know, folks using that as a stop also on the road west. Tracy Gieselman-Holtos tells me the farm became a place for parties and celebrations as well as a reprieve from city life. Yeah, well, it was kind of a gathering spot for everyone. Um, if you wanted to get out of town a little bit, it was my understanding you could go out to the farm. Growing up at the hotel, young Irv Logan learned about the unfairness of segregation. You never treat me kind. In 1960, um, when Alberta's business was really booming, uh, she got a call and said that uh, Nat King Cole was uh, going to be in Springfield and that uh, he would need uh, accommodations and uh, he would need, uh, you know, have meals and all that stuff at the hotel. And I asked my grandmother, well, why is he, why is he coming here? And she says, well, he's going to be performing for the uh, Kennedy-Nixon debate that's scheduled for Springfield up at, the, I think, the Kentwood Arms at that time. And I says, well, if he's going to be playing for them, why does he have to stay here? And she said, well, that's, you know, that's the law. He can't stay there. And I didn't realize that what he had already been through in Birmingham, Alabama. Unforgettable. That's what you are. Just four years earlier, in 1956, Cole had been performing on stage when a group of Ku Klux Klan members rushed the stage and attacked him. Events like this pushed Logan to help start an NAACP youth college chapter when he was in school. He says he had both black and white friends join. We just didn't see why things were the way they were. Couldn't understand that. What's wrong with these folks now? We're going to school together. We're playing on these teams together and all that, but when we get out of school and we, we want to go and go to the show together, uh, we can't do it, you know. When we get to the, the theater, uh, we got to go upstairs or through the back door or side door, and, uh, you know, our white classmates get to go right straight through the front door. And so, you know, quickly the kids realize, like, this is really stupid, you know. Coming, but I know change gonna come change comes from below and it comes from you know common people uh, doing the right thing and and basically that's what our classmates did back then we had a desire to see things change and to see everyone be treated the same 
The group protested the laws that kept African Americans from staying at most white establishments. And I remember Alberta sitting down with me uh, when it was all said and done. And she said, now, you know, you're doing it for the right reason, but it's going to cost you personally. I said, what do you mean? She says, well, all that we work for here will be gone because when integration comes and people are able to go wherever they want to go and spend their money wherever they want to spend their money, they'll go to new places, different places, you know. And uh, so, you're, you know, it'll affect all of this. And it hadn't occurred to me, you know, as a youth, that, in fact, that's exactly what happened. But it didn't just happen to Alberta and her business. It happened all across the country. Finally, in 1964, the Civil Rights Act passed, ending the so-called separate but equal rule. And by 1965, the hotel had closed. Lyle Foster is working with the Springfield-Green County African-American Heritage Trail to get a historic marker placed at the site of Alberta's hotel. We're very pleased to announce that with the national attention given to Alberta's hotel, that's going to actually be in our next four markers that we're going to actually have fabricated and installed. So the plan is by early summer, we'll actually have one of the heritage markers in front of the former site of Alberta's hotel. The African-American Heritage Trail will eventually link several sites together that are within walking distance of each other. So we hope it will be a family-friendly activity. So yeah. you'll go to Alberta's Hotel, and then you might say, let's go to Jones Alley, let's go to one of the, you know, the Church Square sites, because all of those sites are very close together because, you know, in that um, period of time, the African-American community was fairly tight-knit. Alberta's legacy will continue to run strong in Springfield. Her grandson, Irv Logan, remembers her fondly. She was a very friendly person. I never saw her angry or upset, and uh, she was joyful. She was always a, a happy person, and uh, very, very. Uh, but she was very uh, firm in the way that she uh, handled her business. Uh, you know, she was just a straight, straight businesswoman. For KSMU Sense of Place, I'm Jess Willow.